Welcome to the What's Next podcast for women. This is where we remove the what ifs and the I can'ts from the equation to make room for your what's next. So grab your favorite beverage and snack, pen and paper, and let's join our host, Pamela Stone. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another edition of What's Next for Women podcast. So much is going on today on the horizon within the podcast. I have another amazing co-host. You guys got to grab your pen and paper. Oh, my goodness. We were talking just a moment ago in the green room about so much. So we're going to bring it here so we can talk to you. But grab your pen and paper, your girlfriend, girlfriends. Look, we even already have our drink. Now, you know, you know, I'm ready for it. She has hers too. sit back there with her drink. So bring your drinks. Let's go and let's get started. I first and foremost want to introduce myself. My name is Pamela Stone, and I am your co-host of What's Next Pod, What's Next for Woman podcast. The podcast where we come in and we empower women to go after their what's next by conquering the what ifs and I can'ts. How many of you sit at some place, maybe at a desk or someplace, and you're like, "Is this it? Is is this all of my life?" I'm not going to do anymore or so many more questions or so many other questions. That was me. I literally broke down, like looking around saying, okay, is this all there is to my life? Am I making everybody else's pockets bigger on my skill set and my knowledge, but I'm not getting the, I'm not reaping the rewards. And so I finally had to just go in and I pulled myself together. I started talking to women in the office and around me and I asked them, what is your what's next? And I got a lot of, I don't know. I haven't thought about it. Then I got, I said, so then the next question I asked, okay, so if I removed all barriers, maybe money, maybe that you need someone help, someone to help you to build build you up to or help you find out what your what's next, what would you do? Literally, probably 10% of those women I even asked still did not know. And so I knew that was my passion and my purpose. My purpose is out here to go and empower women to get them to their what's next. And I do that in several ways, which one way is here on the podcast, as well as see in the corner here, the other way is the Vision Main magazine. The magazine is a quarterly publication that you can help you get you to your what's next through Vision Board. If you're interested in getting a copy of the Vision Main magazine, drop it in the feed below. I will definitely connect with you there. And then lastly, today's Win Wednesday. What's your win? Now, we always talk here, we celebrate the small wins, your weekly wins, because if you can get, if you accomplish your weekly wins, your weekly goals, then your bigger goals will be achievable and you will more than likely achieve the bigger overall goal. So I would love to hear what your win for the week. So drop it in the feed. Okay. So are you guys ready for my co-host for this week? So my co-host for this week is Candice Duggar. She is the founder of Bullied broken and redeemed. She is a natural, she's a national recognized anti-bully expert, author, speaker, and trainer. Specialized in equipping leaders, parents, and youth on all aspects of Gen Z bullying, right? And so many of you, I mean, we even talking about the, you know, children facing it, but hold on, let me finish up. Under the leadership of Candace, the team of Bully, Broken, and Redeemed has built life-changing programs that use interactive activities, 
projects to motivate and empower effective anti-bullying warriors. Candace has been featured on several networks nationally and internationally, including NBC, Christian Broadcast Network, Family Research Council, and is a recognized trainer for the Fortune 100 companies. So without further ado, you everyone, I am going to bring on my co-host for this week. Hello, Miss Candice. Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's always so funny to sit back and listen to your bio in another world when you used to be in a corporate world listening to your bio for so many years, you know, yeah. 20 years in one world. And I'm like, listen to me. That is me. <laughs> Girl, I'm proud of you. Hats off. Kudos to you. It's still new to get used to, though. Even after all these years, I'm like, ah, <laughs> man, have things changed from my days in the corporate world. Oh, my goodness. See, everyone, so see, as I bring on women, I want you all to know that, see, she, too, was in corporate. But we'll get a little bit into that. Down, down the road. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So, Candace, what else would you like for our audience to know? Well, okay. let's see. I'm a mom of two. I actually left the corporate world. I used to run multi-million dollar to billion dollar sales team. So I was pretty high up in the financial industry, uh, speaking on regulation reform. Love what I did, but I had a very serious health illness that put me on bed rest. And praise God, I'm still here and things are good. It was kind of one of those things, given three to five years to live. So it was, it was rough. Yeah. And during that time, I found out how rough my son was having it in school. And I actually almost lost him to suicide due to horrific bullying. And it was that moment that really woke me up to my passion that I had all of this fantastic, I love speaking, I love training, I had a background in psychology, I love what I did, but I didn't have that fire in my belly anymore, right? I love serving people and helping them. And when I'd almost lost my son, it showed me, here I have a 12-year-old child who could not get help and services, and there was no help for parents. It was go to the school, go to the administration, give your power away to somebody else. And I thought that is never a message that I want a myself to have or my children. I want to raise children to be able to really feel empowered, right? And to know what to do. And and it just wasn't with my philosophy. And so I ended up pulling them out in homeschooling. And now in my family of four, so there's myself, my husband, my two kids. We have four CEOs, uh, six businesses, and launching a foundation. So we over here pop it in the in the entrepreneur world. We are moving and shaking, but we use that as a part of our children's education, right? So that's a big part of their education. So I think that's kind of me in a nutshell. And this is my jam. Yeah. But my, I actually run Reimagine Education Conference too, where I serve families, helping them find the best educational platform for their children if traditional school isn't working. So as you can imagine during COVID, it's been quite the last couple of years, we've kind of exploded to be international, but we support that corporate working family who just knows that this education system isn't working for my kid. They need something else, right? This isn't working. And so I, um, I do private coaching and I run uh, mentorships long for, for families looking to kind of take on homeschooling or alternative education first year. So That'll kind of give you a background on me and what keeps us busy over here. I know. I told I've told everybody. I'm like, oh my goodness, I can't even come say that I'm busy, okay? Because my co-host for this week is super busy. Yeah. And, and you and I were talking about that. I, know, I, know. I do, and guys, my philosophy is I hate the word busy. It just seems so. Yeah. My life is full, right? I I keep a full schedule, right? I keep a full schedule. Because it's built with intention, I, we can create 
busy anywhere. I didn't create busy at the beach, right? I didn't create busy in my life, but it was it created with intention. And if I created these things with knowing what I've said yes to, right? Have I have I intentionally made that choice to right. say no to other things to fill this life and this schedule and this um, really just my purpose? Have I, am I filling it in a way that brings me joy? And I can truly say yes. It is. Uh, it is full. We have removed, we are committed on not using busy anymore. We're now using full. So now when I ask you guys, all of you, can't use busy because we all can use busy. We're I'll full. Be busy. And, but you're right though, you know, full is being more intentional of what we're doing, paying attention. Well, isn't what was so much of what we talk about is yes. the power of our words. I mean, I do bullying for a living, right? So the power of our words and yes. how does that feel in our mouth and our body. How does the word busy feel? It kind of makes me feel disheveled. Yeah. Right? But when I'm yes. full life and I have something that I've been created with full intent, it's very different in how I feel in my body when we say I agree. Those I have to agree. When you say full, I'm like, okay, I have a feel of sense of purpose. And I'm feeling like the calm I can like see craziness. Like but so like I'm just calm. running around with all this stuff going on. Right. But it's still calm versus busy. You know, you see the chaos. You know, I see that cartoon that's going like Right. You can see the meme following me right. behind myself. Because right. I mean, I'm on the road for a living. We got I mean, y'all, it it is. Like if somebody looked at our life, they'd be like, That's busy. It just doesn't make me feel good to say that. So we that's why in my family, I'm like, don't you talk to me about being busy. You can talk to me about having a full schedule. We can talk about what you need to get rid of, but you need to have intention and in all you choose to say yes to. I love it. So let's go back a little bit. As you we talked about at the beginning of our show that you talked about you were in the corporate world and sadly that you felt you had chemical, you had um, been, the disease had came about to almost yeah. your life out, which thank goodness. I would say burnout is really what happened, but I'm in a sure. way that my body manifested in a very serious illness. Yeah, that is shut I down. was burning way too yeah. hard and I knew it. Like, you know. Yeah. You know. So before that happened, though, did the corporate world in any way prepare you in some sense for this, for your, your venture? And if so, yeah, yeah, it did. So I loved what I did. I actually, I just, um, I'd always been in some form of sales. I actually put myself through a lot of college, um, made all my extra money selling used cars in the summer. I could work for three, two months and fund my life for the year. Always was in sales, came out of school making six figures, right? Like right out of college and sales, really high driven and loved what I did. I tended to work in very male dominated industries, right? In the mortgage industry and uh, kind of that real estate mortgage, or just, well, not really real estate with real estate agents, but more on that corporate commercial side. And then my, and in the, in the automobile industry, and I loved it, but I just never felt at home with it. I don't know how to explain it. I was good at it. I was always good at it. I've always loved being it. Like I am somebody who learned very early, stay in my, stay in my lane, yes. right? Like I outsource yep. what I don't do well. I stay in my lane and that's what I do. I, I learned very early how to do that. And it did prepare me. I mean, I had a lot of wonderful opportunities to travel the world and to speak it there. I mean, to grow my network, to be able to do what I do now, to sit on many boards. It, it provided an opportunity for our family to have some financial comfort when I was became very sick. Because the reality is I don't make anywhere near now what I made doing that. And nor do I have the desire to do that again. Yeah. I will I, I know that sounds crazy to some people, but that's not my passion for getting up every day now. It's just 
I give so much away in philanthropy and in scholarships and in families who are hurting or in children who they don't have access to the resources that we're providing. And it, it brings me joy to be able to be in a position to provide that for families in need and to change lives um, generationally. We're not just talking about feeling parents, but I'm talking about generationally, many times saving children from a place that they felt there was nowhere to go on and they were suicidal and they came to us to then I actually use passion projects and entrepreneurship as a way to help them heal, start yeah. their own journey, find their own confidence and change the world on their terms. And so it's uh, many times we're helping seed those businesses and fund them or whatever we can do to get them to a place that they view themselves different than, than what their bullies and their abusers have told them who they are. Right. We teach them how they're beautifully and uniquely created in God and, what is your talent, right? What is your talent? How were you created? What were you put on this earth to do? And so um, I always say I traded in my uh, my high heels and my flying around the corporate world for my Uggs and my entrepreneurship. That was the first and thing. I have never found more joy, really. Yeah, yeah. Just never more joy. Who would have thought I would be a homeschooling mom? <laughs> that just makes me laugh. My old self probably looks at my new self laughing every day. Like, I cannot even <laughs> believe you are a homeschooling mom. Like, that is some crazy talk. And on top of that, that you fly around and talk at homeschool conferences. Like, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> so say, for instance, that we have some listeners and followers around. They're like, hey, I would love to be a homeschooling coach. Mm-hmm. What would be something that you would, what is a piece of advice you would give them? A homeschooling coach or homeschool, just to make sure I heard you correctly, to be a homeschool coach. Coach, Yep. Yeah. So first, understand the homeschool world really well, right? So let's say you've been homeschooling, you've homeschooled your kids. People love stories of connection. Your story sells. I think that's advice no matter where you are. True. Authentic, sharing your story, sharing your heart. And so many people need hope in today's world. Mm -hmm. Our family story gives them hope that I could take children from a place of broken to a place of now my son's a senior graduating, getting a kid who could not write one sentence when I brought him home. Bright child, but broken down in a system with so many learning differences, he could hardly function to now presidential academic scholarships award, his own business, his own speaking. He has four life coaching certifications. He's mentoring young teens. He's growing his business and mental health. He's a you know, all of these things bring hope. Share your story of hope of what you have done because your tribe will find you. I am not, if people are looking for a homeschool coach, if you are a, I've always wanted to homeschool, the Lord put it on my heart day one to homeschool and I never thought of anything else. That's not my tribe. Like Mm -hmm. those guys find their tribes of coaches. My tribe, my people are real. Like we are a hot mess in here. We're like, listen, <laughs> we're going to get the work done because we're working full time. Many of the, many of the families I work with, they're working full time. Their their kids are in a place that curriculum doesn't always come easy for them. Mm. They need. They're either struggling in many places. We put mental health before math. We teach them different ways. They need to feel led. People need leaders. Yes. Lead them in the way that you found success. And honor them where they are without judgment. That would be my advice for new homeschooling coaches. I Part of our mentor program, what I do, our public school to homeschool families, I'll take people either considering their first year to like third year. I, I really stay in a, a niche. I give one-to-one coaching with solid plans, academic plans, troubleshooting two to three times for one hour. And then I mentor them once a month in big groups for an entire year 
so that they so that they get live from us because everybody has the same problems. Right. When are we going to do testing? How do we handle the negative? Like all of these things. And so we come together as a community, create a community for them, create a place for your tribe to feel supported. We are in this so many times as women. Um, we think we can do it all on our own. And we've been taught that. And it's not that we can't, but we are so better in community. So true. So better in community. You know, grab grab a place that once a month your community can get together and and be with you and have that cup of coffee and let them bring the tears on because they may not have a place in their life that even their spouses support them. Right. Or their in-laws, or they don't even believe in themselves, but they know they have to do this for their child. And so create space that is a safe place that you support and provide information. And then above all else, know your laws. I've seen so many homeschool coaches tell people the wrong information or not even know about NCAA or giving planning advice when you have a top ranked athlete. And I'm like, (laughs) know your stuff, folks. Stay in your lane. Don't pretend to know something you don't know. Right. Right. And coaches need coaches. So make sure you have a coach. That's why I keep telling everybody we all need. I just had a conversation. I we all need coaches. And you know what? Let's go back to the tribe piece. I talked to talk to so many women about the importance. And I'm glad you said it. The importance of having a tribe. You know, it's important to have the support system and to understand that we all can't do it but if we lock our arms together we can do this together but you can't do it by just by yourself and you may be led this year you may be led to coach 10 people not 100 people so true so true Those 10 people you it doesn't matter show up if you have one client show up and pour into them as if you would if you had a thousand because i will tell you and this i try to share these stories and not cry but i'm, I'm probably going to um <laughs> Sometimes the families who I don't think I'm really making an impression on are the ones that at the end of the day needed the most help. They just never ask, right? Pour into and love them, love them, even when they're hard, even when their kids are hard. Like you just never know who that person is you're going to touch in their life because you may say something that was such an eye opener for them. I've had people come back years and years that have heard me years ago speak and say, just that one piece that you said about putting mental health before math, Mm -hmm. I was so focused. I came out of the classroom as a teacher, so focused on needing to get it done that I'd lost my child in that process. And so you never know what you say will impact, but. You have a story to share, so share it. That's Absolutely, it. and I also, I also do believe in the mental health is such. Uh, well, you know, I've worked in the mental health side, so I totally get right. I totally get that that aspects of it. But I need everybody to not only we're, we're talking about everybody being pay attention to mental health. And as you're talking about mental health, I think that's so important that we take a moment and pause on that because. Mental health and mental illness, right? We talk a lot about that, but understanding that taking care of your mental health is just as important as the part of getting enough sleep and taking care of our physical health. How do we take care of our mental health? And so just to pause on that real quick, in my classes, I teach three steps. I call it eat for your mental health. And I'm not talking about what we're putting in our body, even though we know we have to eat well and sleep and all that. But when I teach eat for your mental health, the importance that every family and every person can do is number one, my E is engage. The importance of 
engaging human contact. We lost that so mm-hmm. much during COVID. What yeah. you and I are doing right now, which is part of that community, right? Our yes. second one for our A is to stay active. The importance of staying active oh because of what it does to our person, whatever it is, keep it moving. And then our T is to think of, well, either to serve others, right? We're going to serve others or we're going to try new things. And when we do that, which is why when we're coaching and serving and all of these things, not only are we staying engaging and we're staying active a lot of time by keeping just um, creating events and things to do and then trying new things and thinking of and serving others, the way that affects the brain can help you stay yes. mentally healthy all the way around. So teaching your kids, looking at it in your business, how are you engaging? How are you staying active? How are you thinking of and serving others or trying new things constantly can help us to stay mentally healthy and create a way for our children. And I think that's what's been so hard during COVID is so much of that was taken away. All three of those support systems, all of that was ripped away. And so how do we do it in a way that, which is why I use passion projects and entrepreneurship as a way to help our kids rebuild and stay because they're engaging with other people to start their business. They're active, they're really doing it and they're trying new things and many times thinking of or serving others. And that helps rebuild that mental health aspect without it feeling like we're sitting in therapy. Yeah. So, many of these kids I work with, they're not, they're, yeah, they're they not go to therapy and they sit there like this and the parents write the checks. Right. <laughs> yeah. So absolutely. I love E-A-T. E-A-T-S. Yeah, eat. So to eat for your mental health. Yeah, engage, stay active and think of trying to serve people. It's such a easy way to teach kids. Absolutely. It's so easy, right? It's like when I talk about bullying. And we haven't even gotten into that tonight, but so many people don't have a clue. What's the difference between conflict and bullying? Right. So we teach that is ARP. Is it aggressive? Is it repeated? Is there a power imbalance? We have those three things. We're dealing with bullying, bullying. right? Yeah. So when we break it down and teach people in ways they can remember, then they have all these tools in their back pocket that they can use for life. We just Absolutely. have to find a way, as you know, as a coach, to, to connect to that audience, to serve it in a way they get it. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about the bullying. I mean, it's so, my goodness, we hear it so much. It's starting to hear a lot, a lot. Actually, we were talking about it before we came on live. You know, I talked to my grandson every day about, you know, trying to engage with him and saying, hey, how was your day? And, you know, what was what was going on in class? And how did you have a good day? Was that something? What was some of the words? And, you know, I'm trying to use the power words versus the negative words. So he'll know the difference between the power words and the negative words. So I do it every day. I'm like, so what was your power word for the day? And was there a negative word that you heard? And if so, what was that negative word? And then if the And when he does say a negative word, then we're going to start building on that. But we need to start now because, my goodness, even in the corporate world, we're still seeing the bullying going on in the corporate world. Bullying's a huge deal in corporate world. So we can unpack this from so many ways. I think think the thing that really struck me coming from the corporate world, I lived in a bullying world. Let's just be honest. I um. And I think what was so frustrating as a woman many times, I was extremely assertive. I'm very alpha and power. There are a lot of words that are used to describe ladies like me, right? <laughs> and B, I was not the bully. But, you know, right. uh, but I was assertive and boundary focused and get it done task oriented, never from a bullying perspective, but from a leadership power perspective of inspiring others, encouraging what does real leadership look like? Right. And we have lost so many people have lost the ability to lead people. 
true. We don't have leaders. Very, very few corporations have strong people that they want to follow anymore. Yeah. Right? How many, how many of your employees are willing to to make sacrifices with you? Or are they going to ditch in a year and go to the place with the next better payroll? Because, right? So are we creating places that you are inspiring and encouraging and empowering others? Are you leading from a place of power that they want to follow you? And so I just say that because I teach a lot of leadership development classes and bullying. When we think of bullying, I think the first word that many of our generations think of are schoolyard bullying, right? That's where they go to. But bullying is a cultural issue. It is not a school issue. And when we unpack it, our bullies are in our families. We have sibling bullies. We have spouses that bully. We have in-laws and families that bully. It is in our political system. It is in our churches. It is in our, wherever we are serving, it is everywhere. And 80% of people say they have worked for a bully in the workplace. And that starts because so many of our kids are learning early on how to use that the manipulation tools, yes. how do you read social cues, how to use that power over others to get them to do what they want. They see very early how to pick out the weak and how to find a target, yeah. overpower them, roll over top of them and move their weight, which is how they use it in school to move up a social ladder, which is why you have so many of your queen bee drama girls, right? Like our queen bee heads of everything that want to use their power over others to put yes. them down, to stay in power. And we see it a lot with men in different positions. True. But my goal is how can we take these kids and inspire them to lead, not not use their power in a negative way, but to right. use their leadership and their power in a way that, that helps others. So as I mentioned earlier, I struggle so much with just getting parents to get the basics down because so many people think bullying is about conflict. And even on Clubhouse today, when I was doing an, a, a wonderful seminar on bullying, a woman who'd been a principal of a school for a long time said, I have never heard anybody tell me that bullying wasn't conflict. Really? Blew me out of my chair. I thought I was going to fall over and spit my coffee. But I'm like, bullying, and so for everybody out there, bullying is never about conflict. Bullying is about, as we mentioned earlier, ARP. Is it aggressive? Is it repeated? Is there a power imbalance? Right. So true. Oh my! When you have, have two people that want to resolve a problem to have conflict resolution skills, right? As a leader, if you're in the corporate world, in your family, or at the playground, do not use conflict resolution skills when you're dealing with a bully, because right. that bully is going to come at you, manipulate you, right? They're going to deny that they were doing it. Many times we're dealing with these little narcissists. So they're going to deny Darvo approach. They're going to deny, they're going to reverse it. They're going to attack you and tell you that they are the victims. Right, right. (laughs) With these kids. They're going to put it back on you. And so how do we deal with that? As you were saying, talk to kids earlier and younger. I love the game. We still play it in our house every day. Best thing, worst thing. Best thing that happened today, worst thing that happened today, right? Best thing, worst thing. And then through that, I can tend to find patterns and things that are going on if we need to unpack some things. And also for parents, when you're watching shows with your children, when you're seeing things play out, take that time to unpack it in a way they can understand it. If you're watching a Disney movie or something, wow, you know, let's say we've got our little guys here, but wow, does this character, does he remind you of anybody? I noticed, man, he's really aggressive. He's like a bully. Can you think of anybody in our lives who act like that? You would be shocked Mm -hmm. how many, right? And you'll find out information that can really help you put things together. And when our children can role play out through, through movies, through, wow, that person was a bully or that person, you know, how could, and then start to play 
my next favorite step, once I kind of get those basics, play be the director. How could that have changed? Right. What if somebody would have stood up for that person? And then let them think through other outcomes and how could that have been different so that we show them their power for standing up for those who are being persecuted, stand up for those who are being abused. What can that look like by one person having the power to change their voice? And so when they can do that, then as we keep growing in those leadership skills and their development skills, they have a baseline for seeing how things can change in their life so that it's not so foreign, but starting with movies and conversations and people you know and teaching them emotions and vocabulary, mm -hmm. all those things you were talking about. It's incredibly important. And in today's world, guys, and, and I don't say this to scare you because this is all information that shocked me, shocked the bejesus out of me when I started realizing it. 90% of kids will never tell their parents they're dealing with a bullying issue. 70% never tell anyone. Right. They sit in shame and fear. We have a huge rate of children getting groomed by sex trafficking who have dealt with bullying because they're looking for a place to feel wanted. Yep. It's very easy. You're so mature. You're so when somebody's already in a hurt place of being isolated in, in that place, it makes an impact. And so, when we have children as young as 10, that it's a second leading cause of death is suicide. We have got to create space to help them. Absolutely. I so agree with you. And I'm glad we're talking about this because, you know, as we're still talking about, you know, the what's next for women, but we need to talk about the bullying because I want, it's just time. We have to talk about it. And what a perfect place to talk about it is here. We're amongst our friends and family and our tribe. And we're a safe place. And we're here to, you know, educate each other on the, the bullying. It is so, I just heard, actually it was on well, they changed it, but it was on Good Morning America with Gail and them. They were talking about how bullying has just has just dominated the elementary school. Yeah. Now, back in our day, we didn't even hear about bullying until high school. Now it's an elementary school and we need to talk about it more. Yeah. Um, and if and guess what? If you don't talk about it, then someone then guess what? We have someone who can. Right. And so our our group, I I love the work that I do, but the reality is. I can't help everybody one-to-one. -one. And so I've gone out and actually, I'm so proud of the class we just created. It's our leadership development skills class to help parents because not only do I do short videos, like eight to 10 minutes, because kids love videos now. They don't right. read my books. I mean, yeah. parents might pick up my books. <laughs> kids are like, is that on audio? Let's just be real. Like, where's our videos? Right. So we teach it quickly. We do hands-on activities all through healing, teaching so much about learning from music, they're in place, all of these things. And then in every single video, I actually teach leadership and a parent, it's a parent and leader video at the end of every segment. So if I'm teaching for on why, why people bully right. or conflict resolution skills, I actually break it down in an advanced or higher level for parents. Because I have a lot of parents who sit down and do it once a week where they're actually watching it during dinner or, and then they have a conversation so that because so many parents, they don't even have the skills. They have no idea how to handle it in their workplace or how to handle it with a sister. Like they're lost. And so the whole family can learn together in, in how do we, how do we change this? So generationally you can cut that route and not have to have it continue to go down without having skills. And I'll tell you guys, your children, you never know where they're going to be in a situation that they can make such an impact in somebody's life. Absolutely. So everybody, real quick, we're, we'll stop here in a minute. We've, time is going by fast. I mean, we 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 had a blast when we first met. We're like, man, this is going, we had a blast. We could talk forever. 
I can too, but it's because it's, it's our passion and our purpose. And we're out here empowering people. So real quick, Candace, if someone wanted to get in touch with you, how can they get in touch you, with you and how can they find you or where can they find you? Yeah. So the easiest place is at my website, Bullied, Broken, Redeemed. Can you guys see? That's, there's our, that's our books. We have all our books on Amazon. I do parent workbooks, kids workbooks. We have about six. But if you just go to bulliedbrokenredeemed.com, leadership classes are up there. I actually run a free Facebook group for parents who need support. I keep that community pretty small because many of these families have just dealt with the, the death of a loved one due to, to bully side or they're in deep crisis, right? So that's my support group to help families who are really in, in a difficult place. But I'm about everywhere. I'm on Clubhouse every couple. I mean, yes, I'm out there. I try to provide as much as I can in free resources to help people yeah. and then support them behind. Because our classes, we offer, we're trying to offer them for under $50 for 16 full weeks with certification programs and everything. Because at the end of the day, if we don't start making an impact in these kids young, and in families, this issue is only growing. And I am really concerned about what this year is going to look like. Right. I already remember. Yeah. I already talked, I already talked about I'm like, I am like, yeah, and like, just, I pray every day. I talk, you know, try to stay connected. I do not try. I do stay connected to my grandson and just trying to make sure that he knows that I'm here and that there's other outlets. Mm -hmm. But I, yeah, I so agree with you. Well, real quick, just sit back for a few minutes and then we're going to do, I'm going to ask you some other questions, but real quick, everybody, I want everybody to know that this, this today's show is actually sponsored by, look, okay, over here, um, Vision Made Magazine, right, Vision Made Magazine. Vision Made Magazine is a quarterly empowering, inspirement, inspiring work magazine for women, helping women to get themselves to the what's next by conquering the what ifs and I can'ts. Well, how do we do it? The magazine does it through vision board. Who doesn't like a vision board? I do. I do it through, and vision board is done in such in a different aspect. We do, we do SWAT and we take it, take those and break it down. And we do our vision boards in a so totally different manner. But if you're interested in getting a copy of Vision Made Magazine, drop it in the feed below. If you're interested in just connecting with myself or my amazing co-host Candace, drop it in the feed. I definitely will, definitely will pass your information along to you. As you all know, I, I don't know it. I have thousands of women such as Candace that can help you get you to your what's next. And so please do not, as we always say, what goes on here stays here in our podcast and in our tribe. So we're all about growing each other and don't run after your, don't run away from your purpose and your passion because you don't know or don't have that support. You do. It's here. And we're here to help you and empower you to get you there. So can Miss Candace, real quick, what is your what's next for next year? What do you see your what's next for next year? Whew. Okay. So I try, it's kind of overwhelms me a little bit, y'all, because we got a lot going on. I am rolling out for my for the rest of this quarter and next year. I have four more classes coming out from adult leadership certification classes. Uh, fourth grade is the new middle school. We have two new books coming out. My my youngest son on the spectrum. I think I, I told you, you know you met him. He writes yeah. his little books about service dogs. Has books coming out, and we are we are in the beginning stages of starting the foundation to help teens uh, dealing with mental health from bullying and the effects of it. And hoping to be able to, by next summer, run camps, workshops, and support families in a way that we can bring them in, help the children, and then provide the parents with the real support they need 
to support their teens and tweens. Love it. Oh, I love that mission. I love it. I love it. So as you are going through your day, your full day of being intentional and all the work, is there a quote or something that motivates you when you're hitting that wall of, man? Well, I am a lady of faith, so I do keep right on my desk. I can do all things through God who strengthens me because I, um, I really try as I, you know, we talked about my full days. I try to be very intentional now with not creating things that I want to do, but the things that are really within my purpose and within what I feel I'm being called to do in this lifetime. Right. And that's not always easy because my flesh wants to do a whole lot of things, (laughs) but I'm trying to really stay intentional with that. I would say that's probably the biggest for me, for our family, our motto is bully people, hurt people, hurt people, but healed people help others heal. And so we really try to bring that mission forefront in everything that we do is to help others heal so they can then take that forward in the next piece. Wow. That's what your day is being so full and being intentional of every, all that you're to do and doing. How do you have time to read? And if so, we always stop here and we talk about book on the book on the shelf. And if so, what is the book on the shelf you're reading? Well, I have one. Don't be shocked. It's a bullying book, but um, <laughs> I mean, I'm always doing professional development and Absolutely. I actually read there are a couple that I've read um, that have changed my philosophy of education from John Taylor Gatto's Dumbing Us Down from the Education System. And I read this one uh, last year, Free Us from Bullying, which really talks about just overall how we've gotten here as a culture. And so I'm rereading Paul Coughlin's book because I'm looking to partner with him on some things. So that's actually literally right on my desk and on my shelf because I'm in the middle of going back through. And I think it's important because sometimes we read things at a season in our life. Yes. And we took what we needed out of it at that time. Right. But we go back and read it again and you can find so much more richness. Mm-hmm. Our our family in general, um, we actually do a business book a month as a family. We are mm-hmm. always doing it because we just finished launch and I wasn't sure what to do. I really prayed about this. I was like, mm. so we're, we're doing the, the art of the deal, like just understand negotiation oh, skills. Yeah. I wasn't sure about this because I have a little a little oh, son. Right, right. I was going to say, uh, he does not need this. He is like running around with Bill O'Reilly. He sells books everywhere. He's like on page 24 of my book. Like he does not need to close deals anymore. But it's his really his power skill. And so he is yeah. my negotiator and top power person. And I just thought as much as we read on negotiation, I think we need so many different perspectives on it. Yeah. So I was like, let's try some different perspectives so then we can start taking all of these other books you've read about right. negotiation, about walking away from deals, about how to close deals. Let's compare and contrast them for the fourth quarter. And so then that's what we're going to be doing is going right. back to several we've done and taking different people's approaches and then yes. learning within personalities. How do you yeah. know how to assess up which really in our discs or profiles or Myers-Briggs, my kids study a lot of that in our homeschool for understanding how do you best connect to somebody in their personality? And then which of these techniques that you have learned are the best ways to do that? Because I think it'll help them long-term. I agree. So those are my books on the shelf at the moment. I love it. No, I can't believe, I would love to hear your youngest son. <laughs> oh, oh, Lordy, have him on. Lordy, he to come to you. His goal this year is a TED Talk. Remember, I talk, remember that's how, remember yes. what I first that I know. I ran in the room like, oh, no, no, no. This kid. <laughs> 
oh my he was at horse therapy he, he's learning to be um to work with path with therapeutic horses and he was out at his apprenticeship today and he came back and he's just so excited he's like we need to figure out how we can help fund them i'm like buddy you're funding everybody mm -hmm. all over the world like what are you doing he's like they need help with funding their extra horses how can we set up and use part of our our his holistic pet products yes. that he can take a portion of all these things he sells and give to help fund their mission and helping people deal with trauma and using oh. their horses. So his brain never stops. Oh my goodness. You guys amazing. I got to talk to him for a little bit of time. He was telling me about the Ted talk and I'm like, Oh my goodness. Amazing young men, both of them. Oh. But I talked to him more. I didn't get to talk to you. Yeah, I don't know that he needs any, he, and y'all, I went to school for um, industrial psychology. Like I, Love negotiating. He wears me down every time. I, I don't even know. He does not need more skills in this, but I'll let him go wear somebody else down. So if anybody would like to, to negotiate, have a negotiating partner with a 13 year old on the spectrum, looking for a mentor. He is the, the best. I got to talk to him for five minutes. I was like, wow. <laughs> Y'all, he comes in, he's got his vision board. He's got yes. his book next to me. He has a business coach. He, he is laser focused. <laughs> like he, you think his mother's laser focused? He is. No, I promise you. I, for the little young man that he is, he was like on and I was just like, wow. Yeah. What an amazing young man. <laughs> amazing. Don't say it like that. He's amazing. I know. He is. Well, his big thing is really um, different is not less than. Yeah. Just because I have autism, I'm not less yeah, than I remember that. his super superpowers. But as a mama, like, let's just be real. Some <laughs> days these these power kids, they're hard to raise. I mean, yeah. he does not need much sleep. He can run 24-7 and get up and be have a book idea before I get out of bed in the morning. And I'm like, how do you have I a full day, kid? <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. When we talk about power words, what's your power word for this year? As we just talked about a little bit, what's yours for this year? Mm, intentional. <gasps> I really went with intentional. I um, I needed to, to start making sure I'd really kind of gotten off a path that I was saying yes to so many things. So I needed to remember to be intentional and that everything I said yes to there was a no somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I'm really trying to be intentional with not, I'm not busy. I'm, I want to create these um, places that I'm intentional with all that I do. I still have a very serious health issue. Mm -hmm. I have to manage. I'm still on bed rest four days a week, um, days a month, four days a month with all that I do. And if I am not intentional with taking care of myself, with taking care of my health, with managing what I do, it's very easy for me to be back and bedridden again. And so being intentional in my relationship with my husband and how I'm raising my children and what I say yes to and where I spend my time. All of those things are incredibly important to me. I love it. Mine is epic, but I'm not doing epic in a power in a powerful move. I'm doing epic as because so many times I shrunk myself to mm. everybody else and to the society that I lost myself. But to, in order for me to be where I want to get to, I have to be epic and I have to be, again, intentional, but it, to be epic and to be living in my truth and knowing that my truth is okay and not worry about everybody else's. So that I is love my it. Yeah. I love it. Well, right? let's put it right below vision made epic. Made right. We have got, um, I'm oh, such a mess. I'll show you. They've got vision boards around here. I make them do them Yay! two times a year. Well, my family doesn't think that's great, but, um, <laughs> I don't really care. Like they have to do them at the beginning of the year. And then we reassess yep. them over the summertime. And because I think it's something that it's not a once a year thing. Right. So right. we 
And then they have quarterly goals, monthly goals. I mean, I kind of run my, my homeschool like a business. And you <laughs> have, have business to. meetings. We do. We have team meetings in the morning. Everybody has everybody's goals in mind, even as they're out networking. They um, are always looking for opportunities to network and share within their other community of people they lead. So, Oh, awesome. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, as we're getting ready to wrap this up, I just have two more questions. So the first question is, what do you do for some self-care for yourself? So I'm actually one of these ladies who does not like the word self-care. <laughs> I prefer to think about I, what do I need to do to care for myself? Okay. Self-care to me was like bubble baths and pedicures and eh. like that is not me. What do I need to do to care for myself? And I'm going to be honest with you guys. This has transitioned over the years, but sometimes to me caring for myself is to do the dishes so I can sit in a clean room mm. so I can be in peace. Like, honestly, I have had to break down. How does it look to care for myself? Is what I'm doing, how does that feel in my body? And sometimes walking in my kitchen, I mean, we homeschool, we got boys everywhere. Like sometimes it's doing that so I can take that deep inhale breath and sit in my kitchen and write, right? Sometimes that's what that is to me. I am a big, big into just being able to put on a podcast and go for a walk in nature and sit quietly. I don't need all the the pedicures and the side. I, I went through stages I did. Yes. But now taking care of myself is so much more in to just how am I feeling in that moment? Do I need to create more space for downtime, right? Do I need to create space for me to process a lot of the trauma that I process for other people? That's been a big one for me oh. is in the beginning, I did not honor that. Mm -hmm. So caring for myself sometimes is creating enough downtime that I can process because I have a tendency to be a big empathy. Like I really right. to do things. I need time to process that so I can come back stronger. And I'm actually not somebody who needs the, the bubble baths and all things. I'm, I am more filled going in clubhouse for an hour and talking to people and energizing. Yes. That sometimes is caring for myself. Cause I'm talking to other grown up human beings who aren't my kids trying right. to get stuff on me. Right. Like I just need a place to many times process out what's going on in my life. And so finding community, finding places is how I care for myself. Oh, I love it. I love it. Miss Candace, you've been an amazing co-host. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. This was fun. I told you we said we we're gonna have fun anyways. This was so cool. I know it's been so fun. And just um, I can't wait to get in and meet some of the folks in your group and kind of look around. You just the place that you're creating here that women can just feel inspired for that next step, right? Because it is scary. Yes, it's it is. scary. But kudos to you because you. they they just we need so many more people willing to take on and change the world. Thank and you, you are doing that. Oh, thanks. Thank you so much. So where can it, where can people find you if they want to connect in case they just joined us? Yeah, so bullybrokenredeemed.com. That's my, my company, right? So you guys yep. can see that on there. All our books, our workshops, are that's the easiest place to find me. And then I think I'm on every platform. Hook up with me over at LinkedIn. Come find me on Clubhouse. I'm over on Instagram. I'm just Candace Duggar. Come find me, come find me, come find me. <laughs> I love to talk to people and, uh, I, I'm a big person for just inspiring and helping other women. How can I Absolutely. network and help you and connect you to people? Right. Cause that's, that's really what we need to do. Absolutely. So any last, last words of advice or piece of advice for our followers? I'm going to go with Brene Brown's feel the fear and do it anyway. Ooh, I love it. Right? That's powerful. Feel the fear and do it anyway. 
remember that nervousness and excitement feel the same in the body. Feel it. Feel it. I love it. Feel it. So everybody, yes, feel it is is amazing. I want you all to know, oh, wait a minute. I forgot. What was your win for this week? Okay. It's not a, I'm going to, I'm going to count it as a win, but guys, sometimes knowing when to say no to something can be a win. I'm actually supposed to be at ACC next week, which is the American Association of Christian Counselors. Yes. I said no. And I've been on the list for two years. Uh, COVID's pretty rough there with my autoimmune, with all of these things. I have made the intentional choice to pull back because my schedule behind that is training at leadership events and other things. So my win, and even though it might not sound like a win to a lot of people, was having the courage to tell my team and to tell people no. And big people that I'm supposed to meet there for contracts to say no, because one, my body's a little worn down right now. Florida's um, tough to get sick down there and being far away from home. And I have lots of things behind it. And so it was hard for me, but my win was having the courage to say no. So I, I just knew it was the right thing to do, but it took, it took a lot of courage to turn down such a, a big public thing where I have a lot of business meetings set up, but I'm not being paid as a speaker there. It was on the vendor side. So I could say no. Right. But it took a lot of courage. And so my win for me was to put myself first. Congratulations. That was hard. But you know, it's hard for, it's hard for all of us. You know, it's hard for us, especially those of us that are used to, that are all about serving the community. And as entrepreneurs, that's how we make our money. I'm going to make money by showing up and selling books and selling products and, and getting gigs that that's how I make money. Right. But, um, but it wasn't right for my health at this time. I commend you and you are my Shira. So thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Well, everybody, I hope you guys got a lot of nuggets. I was over here writing. I have green all over the my piece of paper, <laughs> over my piece of paper as Candace is dropping the nuggets. But I want you all to know before we get off of here, if no one has not told you that you rock, you're amazing. And know that we appreciate you. And thank you for stopping by and taking time to listen to us as we had an amazing time, as I always do. Know that the, the, this is your life. I'm I'm being very serious. Know that this is your life and live your life to the best that you can live it. And that this is no one else's and take control of your life. So may it be that you have to take out the kick out the what ifs and I can'ts and we can do that here at the tribe. So you can go after your what's next. Just know that live your life to your fullest and to the best and that you only get one life. So take care of it as we do. And as we always end in be safe, take care of yourself until next week. I have another amazing co-host. Take care of yourself, everyone. And thank you for joining. And thanks, Candice, for being here. Bye. Bye, everyone. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of the What's Next podcast for women. If you enjoyed today's show, please leave a comment or review wherever you're listening. Until next time, take care and be intentional.